hi everyone uh happy friday it's friday for me uh right now it might not be um for you guys unless i get my act together and get this sorted and recorded and edited and out today uh but if it is happy friday and well done to me for actually getting something done on time um i've decided this is season two of this podcast um because i'm in charge of this podcast and i've just decided it's now season two i've done 13 episodes in season one 13 is my lucky number we're moving on to season two so um if you're listening to this in the car drive safe if you're listening to this at home grab some snacks maybe a hot chocolate maybe some tea maybe a coffee who knows your drink of choice and uh anyway let's get into the podcast So wedding dresses are very expensive. Um, I know this because I've already got my dream dress sorted. Uh, If my boyfriend is listening, I'm kidding. To everyone else, really not kidding. Anyway, so yeah, weddings are expensive, but I think that everyone should get to have their dream one if they want one, you know? It's kind of a rite of passage. And so this is why I really love this next story so much. So brides across America are donating their wedding gowns to frontline healthcare workers. And it's such a simple idea, but a brilliant one because honestly you only wear a wedding dress once so instead of just you know spending thousands of pounds on it wearing it once and then leaving it in your wardrobe to take up space why would you not give it or donate it to someone who it will make super happy so a not-for-profit organization called brides across america they're based in massachusetts um i probably i feel like i never say that right massachusetts chooses Anyway, they've begun donating bridal gowns to frontline healthcare workers who need a little help with their wedding plans. So they usually donate gowns to military couples or first responders, but since the country's medical professionals are now risking their lives every day in the fight against coronavirus, they've shown they more than qualify as heroes in their own right. So every year since 2008, the the, um, organization has donated around 2,000 wedding dresses every year. So that's made a total of 25,000 thousand brides happy uh, and that in turn has made my heart so happy so yeah I thought that was a cute little story just to kick things off with okay so this next story is it Raymond or ramen anyways loads of my friends uh they love pot noodles instant noodles instant ramen Raymond whatever you want to call it I don't, okay? They It gives me PTSD uh, and flashbacks of Duke of Edinburgh when that's all I ate for four days in a row whilst I was continuously soaked because I was never dry for that four days because it poured with rain for the whole time. But anyway, uh, this next story is still pretty cool. So a student has designed packaging for instant, whatever you want to call it, don't at me, Raymond ramen noodles, I don't care. They're gross anyway, but still. She's dissolved packaging for them that can dissolve in hot water. What a genius. I love this. There is just too much single-use plastic in the world and instant noodles just really aren't important enough to be packaged in it. So Holly Grounds, who studied product design at... Oh, flippin' hell, I can't talk. Product design at Ravensbourne University, London, is responsible for developing an edible spiced packaging film for instant noodles. So she says she felt compelled to develop her dissolvable noodle packaging after realising the long-lasting environmental consequences of such a quick and easy meal. 
yes, queen. So the product can be cooked and eaten in under 10 minutes, yet the packaging can take eight decades to decompose. So she realized there was a bit of an issue there, a bit of a problem. Uh, And so she can produce this packaging simply by mixing potato starch, glycerin and water with seasonings and pouring it into a mold for 24 hours. That's amazing. And that's so easy. Can big companies please get their ass into gear? Please and thank you. Thank you. So, 83 millionaires have signed an open letter to their government demanding increased tax rates to help society as COVID-19 causes a bit of an economic mess. Okay, a bit is kind of an understatement, but this is a positive news podcast, so uh, let's not focus on the impending financial doom that is about to come down on us all. Anyway, so those that have signed the letter to the government include two Disney heirs, uh, the co-founder of Ben & Jerry's Ice Cream, Jerry Greenfield, which is just another reason to buy the ice cream, which is amazing. Um, and citizens of a dozen different countries, including Spain, the UK, America, Holland, Russia, and so many more. Well, as they should. That's all I'm going to say about that one. Okay, moving on. Do you guys know what a bison is? Uh, well, you should, because they're being re- reintroduced back into England for the first time in 6,000 years. It's quite a long time. So basically, a bison is like a massive, fluffy cow, mammoth, cross thing they're pretty cool um and they're coming back to the uk next spring which is super exciting so bison actually have the power to change a forest in dramatic ways uh ways that humans don't have the time or manpower for and they are being considered as a possible solution to species loss in great britain so the project is called wilder bleen um and it's named after the reintroduction site west bleen woods where the bison will be coming in I don't know, I guess, arriving. How are they going to get the bison here? Plane? Boat? Who knows? And it was organised by the Kent Wildlife Trust. So the experiment isn't just about bringing the bison back for the sake of something to look at. It's part of a controlled trial to see if the large herbivore can reinvigorate forest ecosystems more provo- more productively than human conservationists can. Conservationists. I feel like I'm saying that wrong. So that's really exciting. Imagine just going for a walk and then there's a massive bison just walking alongside you. That's cool. It's pretty damn cool. Alright, how fab is this? Secret cameras have shown that the world's rarest great ape species have had babies, which has sparked so much hope for the species' survival. So they're only found in a few forest patches in Nigeria and Cameroon, and this western gorilla subspecies is the world's rarest great ape. So they're rarely ever seen, they're super, super shy, Um, they've hardly even been photographed before, even by kind of remote and secret cameras. Uh, And sadly, there are only 300 cross-river gorillas left in the world, which is a tiny amount. And species loss makes me, and I'm sure everyone else, so, so upset. But conservationists are really excited by the fact that these gorillas are reproducing and they have proof of it. Um, And they're seeing it as a kind of ray of hope. And to be honest, 
so am I. So that is really good news in terms of species conservation. So we're going to end on quite a big deal bit of news. Um, I'm not sure really why it hasn't made more headlines uh, or more noise, to be honest. But there we go. That's kind of the way uh, the media works, especially at the moment. But findings from a recent United Nations report states that the number of undernourished and hungry people in India has declined by 60 million over the last 10 years. And other Asian regions are experiencing kind of exactly the same declines. So India has the second largest population on earth, but fortunately, even though the population is still growing, the amount of food insecurity is finally starting to fall. So the UN's State of Food Security and Nutrition in the World study estimated that the number of undernourished people in India declined by 20%, which is massive, from 249.4 million in 2004 to 189.2 million in 2019. So obviously I'm not saying like world poverty or hunger is fixed. It's so, so, so far from that. But this is just a bit of good news that we we often don't get told about, that we are moving in the right direction. And that India and a lot of Asia actually is moving in the right direction and slowly, slowly um, good things are happening over there. So furthermore, the other population powerhouse, China, has also experienced similar drops in the rate of malnutrition and so has the entire Asian continent, which is, again, it's just good news. You don't really hear about this in the mainstream media and I thought that you guys might want to know um, 20% over the last 10 years is quite a lot. So yeah. Anyway, I'm going to end the podcast here. I hope that you are all um, doing okay. Uh, Currently, it is Monday as I'm ending this podcast. And on Friday, I started the intro and said I wanted it to go out on Friday. Um, But hopefully, it'll go out today. So, happy Monday. Um, Thank you for listening. You know, I really, really do appreciate the support. Um, I'll remember you all when I'm winning awards for my amazing journalism um, podcast. No, I'm joking. Um, But... Yeah, thank you, and I'll see you next week with another podcast. Mm-hmm.